You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Japan Pro Wrestling Fandom. This is your good friend Curtis Spears, one half of the International Wrestling Grand Prix, the King of Shorts, the Okada Shorts Podcast, here with another Okada Shorts Short, G-Wondering from Night 8. Oh my god, we're almost done. Night 8 of the G1 Climax 33 Tournament. I'm still feeling a little under the weather. Uh, I've got a little bit of a cold left, but... I mean, if it didn't stop me from doing 9-6, it ain't going to stop me from doing night 8 for you people, right? It's about 8.30 a.m. on Tuesday morning. The Ota Ward uh, night between Will Ospreay and Kazuchika Okada is coming in about two hours. So I got about 30 minutes to record this, about an hour or so to edit it, send it directly off to Countout Pod before it can be completely meaningless. <laughs> But at least you get to hear what our thoughts are on the night, eh? So let's get it fucking going. All right. Overall thoughts so far. And I thought this was really funny because normally the night six, night seven, night eight, night nine, those nights are, they're the dregs of the G1. You know, those are the ones where you're getting like, Godo and Ishii again, you know, like, but I feel like, I feel like the shorter, wider blocks. A lot of people have been giving it shit. A lot of people have been saying that they prefer the, the more streamlined, you know, two blocks of 10 sort of G ones. But, but I feel like maybe even though they're much maligned, I think the shorter, wider blocks have really done something cool here. Not only has it given us less time, so it's all 20 minute time limits. Cool. Uh, those seem to be really working out for most people. The ability to spread around your stars so that you can have more entertaining matches throughout and you're not stuck with, you know, um, main events that people are like, oh, well, you know, we'll, we'll go to night, you know, 12 when, you know, you get a Okada versus Will Ospreay or something like that. You know, you're, you're, you're not stuck with more boring main events. You, you have at least one big star in the main event every night, you know, that sort of thing. And you're having more compelling matches throughout the tournament. I, it's just, if they went back to 20, you know, 20 man field, I wouldn't hate it. And I was thinking about how a 32 man field might dilute the, the, the field. It might dilute the amount of great matches that you can have throughout the tournament. And like, that certainly has been a lot of the discourse, but let's look at some of the good stuff that has happened 
because of the shorter, wider blocks this year. Um, I, I think that's a, I think that's a little give and take. You feel me? All right. So let's get into night one. This was live from Krakowin Hall in Tokyo, Japan. Krakowin's such a fucking bucket list item for me. You know, Rafe's like, oh, I've been to Krakowin many times. And I'm like, oh, you fucking lucky bastard. Of course, it's only like an eight-hour flight for you. It's like a 20-hour flight for me. doesn't matter. Is Rafe losing his mind? Just just thoughts. Anyway, let's get into the matches. Enough, enough babbling for me. All right. So the first match. 12 minutes and three seconds, Hanare versus Evil. Evil winning with Evil. Evil, Evil, winning with Evil. How Evil. It starts out with a walk and brawl towards the West sign. Let's go. Uh, Hanare's punches are some of the best in the business. Someone send footage to Moxley, please. Darkness Falls is a way better finisher than the evil, like the evil. It's like, he just trips you and like slams you down. But like darkness falls actually looks impressive. I don't know. Maybe he can't do darkness falls on anybody on just everybody, but like Hanari's not a small guy. You know, if you can get Hanari up in it, you can probably get fucking Okada up in it. You know, I've, I've seen you get Okada up in it. Like you can get other people in it. The rampage tackle that Hanari hits in this fucking match is it. The rampage tackle is so fucking cool. The schmaz catches up to him in the end. Boo hiss. There was a really cool chair shot spot uh, to end the match where Hanari like punched through a chair before catching a punch in the dick. And um, the thing about this match was Hanari was getting such great cheers towards the end. Like people were really wanting him to win. It felt like it was coming and then they pull the rug out from under you. That's just how evil rolls, man. Um, that's, that's the problem with wrestling evil is you got to wrestle dick toe go to like, that's, that's the thing. Uh, Kevin Kelly said it best, you know, the, you've got to come up with a plan. You can't just go in with your normal game plan to, to fight evil. You've got to come, you know, you versus evil and dick Togo. And that's just the way it's going to be from now on. Next match, Goto versus Coglin. Uh, before this match, Chris Charlton said that he was not wearing underwear. So ready for action. Good for him. I think Alex Coglin hates stairs like Indiana Jones hates snakes. Have you guys noticed that? Like he's just, just chucking the stairs whenever he possibly can. I think he's scared of them. Alex Coglin wins after six minutes and 23 seconds with the jackhammer. Like it was always impressive when Goldberg did it, but I like Coglin. So it's more impressive when Coglin does it. Coglin knows how to beat Goto with a chair. He just tortures him. Goto's selling his ribs like super well. Coglin puts a big boy chop on him. That was fun. And the jackhammer in the wind. Like, these my, do- these my dogs forever. These my dogs forever. Like, Coglin is a better evil than evil. Deal with it. Next up, we had Shingo versus Mad Mikey. Uh, Shingo getting the pinfall victory. Nine minutes and 13 seconds. Okay, thoughts on this match. Why does Mikey not wear orange? I know back in the day, like, he wore blue and Shane wore orange, but, like, the whole crew wears orange now, don't they? Like, anyway, Mikey looks like he's out there having fun. 
Tilly gets cocky and starts like kicking Shingo playfully in the head. And that's when the fun stops. That's when Shingo points at the camera and lets you know it's fucking time. That's when I get so fucking hype. These boys have started throwing bombs by the end of this fucking match. Let's go. Mad Mikey, Perth Strong style. Let's fucking go. The ending of the match, I don't. I don't know. It looked like Mikey might have gotten legit KO'd, like they cracked noggins or something like that. Um, but it looked like he was okay afterwards. So, no harm, no foul? Question mark? Good match. Next up, we had Tanahashi, the ace, versus Toru Yano. Seven minutes and 45 seconds, bro. He wins with a high fly flow. Comes out. He's making sure his tassels are all intact. This time, he lost like 10% of them last match. Those tassels are getting caught on the ring ropes. They're getting caught on the turnbuckles. Just getting snatched off. Tana with the win, after looking really apprehensive on the ring post a couple of times during this match. That story is so compelling, man. Like, last match, like I said, keep an eye on it. Last match, he misses that high fly flow, and it looks like it just breaks him in half. And this time, he gets up on the corner post, and you can tell he's just, he's got PTSD thinking about that, that time that he missed the high fly flow and how that made him feel. Did it break him in half? Did it smash his knees up too much? Is he, is he feeling it? Like, is father, is that the moment father time caught up with him? And, because he's the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi, this is the fucking best story going in this G1, I think. I'm like, there's other, there's other stories that are developing, like, oh, will Okada get his hands on Kiyomiya? You know, can Will, you know, beat everybody in the span of a month and fucking become the world champion again? Like, these are cool fucking stories. But this story with Tanahashi and Father Time, I don't know what it is, man. I can't, I can't stop thinking about it. I love it so much. Anyway, um, it was fine. Let's move on. Like Ace, Ace made it better. Seven minutes and odd seconds of a Toriano match is way too fucking much. You know my thing, but it's the Ace. You know, it's the Ace. We love him. Okay, next up, this one was fucking it, bro. 16 minutes and 12 seconds, Tomohiro Ishii defeats Eddie Kingston with the vertical drop brain buster. Eddie Kingston is selling that battle damage G1 tournament so fucking well. This has to be a dream match to him in, in Corican Hall against Ishii. You know, he is delighted. He's delighted. That was amazing though. Um, I've, I've seen enough. Eddie Kingston needs to win this whole fucking thing. The crowd was electric for him. Eddie Kingston versus Sonata at the Dome. Let's fucking go. Like, I don't give a shit, man. Like, Eddie Kingston, I know you got this major, major place in the AEW hierarchy. You're friends with all those guys and, you know, they really appreciate you there. But I appreciate you here, Eddie. Wouldn't it be great to just wrestle in Japan all the time, Eddie? Wouldn't it? Anyway, what a fucking match. This this one is going to be in a lot of people's notebooks as match of the tournament so far. Um, I don't think that I've made an official list yet, but fuck yeah. You know C-Block is the business. Let's keep rolling. Speaking of the business, we got Tetsuya Naito 
losing to Shane Haste after 13 minutes and 44 seconds. Bomb Valley death. Shane Haste, TMDK, Perth represent. Beginning of this match, you smelled the shitheadery that was on deck, right? Uh, Naito wanted the inner, inner faction hat trade. You know, he wanted to trade his LIJ ball cap for Shane's uh, tasteful, dumb and dumber top hat. And then Naito disrespects the hat trade rules. There are protocols at play here, man. Anyway, so the match was very enjoyable. I think it was probably Naito's best match of the tournament so far. It was the one he looked the most like engaged in. It was the one that he looked like he was having the most fun in. And as I was typing that, Bomb Valley Death Shane Haste gets two against Ellen Obergable. I was going to say that that was Naito's best match of the tournament, but that finish was such a shocker that this may be one of those moments of the tournament for me. Like, you know, there's when people will, people will inevitably look back at G1s and they'll be like, what do you remember from like the G1 2019? And I'll be like, oh shit. When fucking Ishii did that fucking flying body splash to the outside on Moxley, who was on a table. Like, I'm pretty sure Moxley won that match. I don't know. It doesn't matter. That was one of those moments of the tournament for me. That was one of those moments where it's just like, I'm going to remember that forever. And I think that, that Shane haste getting, getting the two points. I think I'm going to remember that. Cause I was so shocked and I was like, fuck. Yeah, bro. Way to fucking go. TMDK overall. Awesome. Yeah. Fucking great. Next up, Tamatanga versus David Finley. Tamatanga wins in 14 minutes and 22 seconds with a Hurricane Rana. Yo, Tamatanga jumped David Finley. <laughs> Tamatanga remembers roots after all. Let's fucking go. Walking brawl to the south wall this time. Tama's scream selling throughout this match is really adding to making David Finley look lethal. But Tama has just so much fire. The crowd was just hot for it. Like, you could really tell that he kind of saw the tricks coming because he's been there. You know, it was it was like, I used to be Bullet Club, and now I recognize that you are using those same tricks against me that I was using for a decade. So, um, yeah, good win. Good win for Tama Tonga. Okay, finally, the last two people who are undefeated on this uh, C&D blocks. ZSJ and Jeff Cobb. Cobb's again showing off in the match. He's feeling so confident in this G1, and he's looking so dangerous. But he can't show off against Zack Sabre Jr. This match was a killer main event. Cobb remains undefeated in the G1. He may have finally been able to climb the mountain and become TV champion soon. Fans are digging Jeff for speaking Japanese to them. And it was 16 minutes and 16 seconds tour of the islands. It's like they know each other so well. They've wrestled, what, five times in the last six months. Cobb has big power uh, reversals for all of Zach's submission finishers. And Zach has submission finishers for all of Cobb's big power finishers. They know each other so well. I think their next match for the TV title, which is... It's going to be soon. It's probably going to be directly after the G1 or maybe on the G1 final night if they're both out of the running. Man, that one could be one of the best ones that we see this year. I mean, Zach, 
making a case for himself to be considered wrestler of the year this year. Cobb looks fucking like he's having the best time of his life. He's looking dangerous. He's looking confident. I don't know who I'd pull for in that one, man, but it's going to be fucking awesome. Anyway, let's look how the pickums are going. So we've got Travis bringing up the rear at 11 points. Your boy Curtis, 12 points. Not looking too great today. I don't think tonight was good for anybody. Rafe at 16 and Amy running away with it at 17 points in the pick'em so far. I'm still going to win. Don't worry about it. Next up, night nine in Ota City General Gymnasium. This happens in about an hour and a half from now. You get Shooter Shota Umino versus Chase Owens. Yoshihashi versus Taichi. Kaito Kiyomiya versus Gabe Kidd. Tonga Loa versus Great Okan. Hikuleo versus Yoda Suji. El Phantasmo versus Kenta. Sonata versus Ren Narita. And Kazuchika Okada versus Will Osprey. Holy shit, boys. What a fucking night it's going to be, eh? <clears throat> Teddy. Teddy. Stop it. Teddy. Quiet it. When Rave's dogs bark on his recording, it's always really cute. When my dog barks on the recording, he's a little Napoleon jerk. Fucking short man syndrome coming over here, picking fights with everybody. Quit it! Uh, So that'll be coming from your bad friend, Rafe Houston, who will be breaking down night nine. Man, it's getting it's getting close. It's getting close soon, eh? How are your picks looking? How are your picks looking? Do you did you pick Okada? Did you pick Naito? Did you pick Will? Who did you pick? Let us know. Man, you know, get on our Instagram. Get on our Twitter for as long as that's there. Get on our brand new threads and tell us who did you pick? And how's he looking? Cuz man, this tournament's fucking wild and it's coming right down to it. All right. And who was the who was the person, you know, cuz you know there was some who was the person out there that picked like shooter? How are you feeling about that now? Like, you know, you did. I'm talking to somebody out there. You picked shooter, didn't you? Okay. Anyway, what I'd like you to do is check out our sister shows, the faces and fields cast where Rafe likes to interview independent wrestlers and learn a little bit about their backstory. Get, get to know the real them outside of the ring. And you can listen to my sister show, the Throw and Dice Pod, where I talk about tabletop wargaming, tabletop role-playing, and all the hobby that's fit to hobby from within. I've just been painting a Mordheim Witch Hunters uh, gang, so you'll be hearing more about that on the next episode. You can find both of those on Instagram at Throw and Dice Pod and at Faces Feels Cast. You can check out our sister show's hot friends, the Count Out Podcasting Network, at Count Out Network on Instagram and Twitter. Countout is a beautiful podcasting network that has everything to do with pro. Teddy. Teddy, please. Please stop. A beautiful podcasting network that has everything to do about pro uh, with pro wrestling. You can find shows about deathmatch wrestling, shows about shows about women's wrestling, shows about news and you can find all sorts of specified shows to whatever you like. So check out the podcasting network. And if you really like, if you really like that, or if you, 
You're being rude. And if you really like that or if you really like our show, consider getting on our Patreon. You can find that at patreon.com slash countoutpod. There you can find uh, access to our extra show, Drop Your Shorts, and extra extra access to a ton of other extra extra content from the Countout Podcasting Network. My dogs are really barking. They really want to um they want to get out of here, so I'm gonna take them for a W's real fast. Teddy. Please be nice. They're bored and they want to go for W A L K I E S. So I'm gonna cut it short here. Let's rate and subscribe. Listener die. Keep it right, keep it tight, keep it what? Short. This has been a Count Out Podcast. So, Curtis. Yeah, man. Count Out said we've got to do an ad. I've never done one before. Uh-oh. What should we do? I have no idea, bro. I, I, like, I ever made an ad before. What, what, what are we doing an ad for? I don't know. We just say we're like a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast, and we just put a bunch of clips like here. Arguably the most shredded guy. So yeah. you really want to get there, too. <laughs> uh, maybe a little bit bigger. Yeah. We'll see. Heard that here, Michael Richards calling Jay White small compared to him. (laughs) (laughs) Here. I love it. This picture you've painted for me. I I want to hang it up. I want to frame it and hang it up in my my bedroom. Yeah. We don't have a WWE tryout or a New Japan tryout every second week. And now I'm in Bullet Club. And here? Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega. Do you want to just go off about this match? How do you take or talk about one of i think probably the best matches you've ever seen that's an ad right yeah yeah that works that that that's that's brilliant because then all our work's already been done for us and we don't have to do anything aha past us did it present us living in the now look at us look, look at, at us being friggin brilliant Mate, minimum effort maximum output okada shorts podcast check it out on the count out network at okada shorts rate and subscribe listen or die